so I don't think I'm in the camera here, but that's not important because you are. Thank you, Mark, for having me here. Good I've been you. chasing you and stalking you for probably 18 months now, and I've been to the first ClimbCon. I'm going to the second one this year. But um, yeah, you've got a really interesting story. I really appreciate you having me here. Thanks for taking the time out. But um, can you tell people um, the background of how, I don't know, from boy to man, where you came from, obviously not this country, and then how you became involved with the online digital space, and now you've got a really successful company as well. This, this series is called the Back to Your Future uh, Social Experiment, and what I'm doing is interviewing people. You've already got a head start on some of the people I'm interviewing, but I'm going to go each year now for the next five years and say, have you grown the company that you're in? Does Climb Online become something completely different away from the digital market or what? So um, thank you for agreeing to this and I'll be interested to see the growth because it's been phenomenal so far in the next five years. Can you give us a bit of backstory? Well, firstly, it's good to be with you and thank you for asking me to be uh, on this. Um, I love your approach in how you chased me to get this done. A lot of people ask me to give uh, a podcast interview and if I don't reply to the first one and in my LinkedIn, if we went through that now, there's hundreds in there and I, we, we couldn't go back to all of them if yep. we had you know, two lifetimes. Um, you persisted and persisted and persisted, but not only did you persist, what, what is a great lesson for anyone is you gave first. You came to my event, you invested in my product and my brand, and you came to my event and then said, if I buy a ticket for the second one, will you do my podcast? Yep. That will always get a yes from me because you're investing with my company and with me and with my brand. So of course I would, I would always do that. And it's a great lesson for anyone else. Everything I've got out of life, anything I've got out of business, it's always come from giving first, going to someone's event making sure I bought someone a coffee into the into a meeting or whatever it might be. It's that first gesture of giving has always then got me a lot more back than I than I gave. And yeah. uh, it's a great lesson for mm. any, anyone watching this. So thank Definitely. you. Definitely. Um, in terms of me, well it's a crazy it's a crazy story. I was uh, as you can tell from my accent, not from England. Uh, I'm from Australia, a small town called Armadale in New South Wales, which is a small country town. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad owns a garage called Cliffwright Motors, which is my granddad's name, and um, my mum's a hairdresser. And uh, they've run small businesses my whole life. The ho my whole life, I was sat at the dinner table, and I'd hear them saying, you know, the rent's due, or I need to fire this employee, or how much should I pay this person, this staff member turned up sick, this customer isn't paying their invoices. So I guess where people are sat with their kids and they're talking about, I don't know, their boss or their, their university degree, my, my inbound information was always about being a business owner. So I just wanted to grow up and be like my parents and, and run businesses. Um, so that's all I ever wanted to be, other than a soccer football player. Uh, the only other thing I ever wanted to be was a businessman. I wanted to be rich. I wanted to be successful uh, as a businessman. And um, the only problem holding me back is I was terrible at school. Um, and I, it's not. I'm trying not to start, stay away from the cliche, you know, oh, he was bad at school and now look at all the things he did. I didn't apply myself. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not making any excuses about it. I didn't apply myself. There's something about school that didn't, gel with me, whether it was them standing there and spraying information that didn't work. But I finished school with no grades. I wasn't able to go to university, so that wasn't an option. Uh, but I wanted to run my own business and I became a personal trainer. I started running my own personal training business 
and uh, I had the fortune of training one of the most successful men in the country, a businessman, and I asked him how to be successful, and he said, the people that are successful are in marketing and sales. <laughs> uh, so I was like, oh, shit. So I quit my personal training job, and I went to work at the personal training college where I did my certificate, and it, it was at a bigger town in Brisbane. They have three million people. Armadale has a few thousand. Um, and the bloke there had invented a system where you could upload any course, personal training course, and you could study anywhere online in Australia. And because Australia is such a vast country, it was an amazing thing. It was one of the first of its kind. But his sales were terrible. He was mm-hmm. getting about two, $3,000 a month in sales. And I said, you need to be on the internet. You need to be getting this out there. How are you advertising? Said, what kind of year are we talking? Two, 2000, uh, sorry, no, 2006, 2007. Wow. Uh, and, and this is like Google AdWords has just started. This first iPhone came out, 2007. iPhone's out. Like this is the, we're on the, the precipice. And um, I said, how are you advertising? We're in the yellow pages. I was like, right, I don't think that's going to make it. Um, we need to be on Google. He's like, I don't know anything about that. So I taught myself how to make a website and I taught myself Google Ads and SEO. And we got to number one for the word personal training course. We went from $2,000 in sales to $240,000 a month in sales in three months. Wow. And I was like, wow. Okay, this is something. You know when... I'd never had it in my life. I'd tried being a waiter. I'd tried putting, uh, being in, working in a sports shop, uh, personal training. I'd tried so many jobs and sectors and nothing ever clicked. I kind of felt like I was working every day. I was forcing it and I was forcing it. And I was like, this is the one. This is it. I'm good at it. It's going to be huge. And I'm enjoying this. So I kind of, I was like, I need to go into this getting up Google stuff. Uh, so my industry selected me almost by accident and uh, so I did what everyone Australian does before they come uh, and do their career I went backpacking around the world (laughs) (laughs) I packed up a rucksack with jeans and all of that sort of stuff and did uh, a year's world ticket around around uh, the globe and I ran out of money came to the closest town which spoke English which was London started working in a um, in a digital marketing company here I was a back living in a hostel Wow. Working as a cold caller, selling Google ads um, door to door and cold calling every day till I had enough and wanted to start my own company. Took the business plan for Climb Online to four different banks, but because I'm from Australia, they wouldn't give me a, a loan to wow. start the company. So I went on The Apprentice. How, how long before The Apprentice were you taking this? Was it a year before or a couple of years before? A year before. Right. A year before. Wow. And I wanted 25 grand. Um, but because I'm not from the UK, I'm from Australia, they wouldn't even open an account for me, let alone give me a 25 grand loan. So now I've got banks lining up to give me money, but I don't need it now. When I needed it, um, no one would give me an opportunity because I had no track record. Yeah. Maybe rightly so, but Lord Sugar saw things differently. Um, and I went on The Apprentice in Series 10. I won The Apprentice. 2015. 10, 14. 14. I keep saying 15, but I right. I started okay. the business in 2015. Yes. Um, and that was life-changing. That was honestly a life-changing situation. We're sitting in one of the offices now, and, you know, it's, uh, you can't believe the size of the company. But that's, that's a bit about me and how we got here and how I got into digital marketing. But, you know, if we started your program here this five year back to the future podcast five years ago 
would have we seen some yeah. shit in the last five years? <laughs> I've become a totally different person in the last five years. My knowledge has become a hundred X where it was. My demeanor's changed. My knowledge has changed. I thought I knew a lot about business five years ago. Christ, I knew nothing. Imagine what I'll know in another five. But what you are saying is that there's not going to be any shit in the next five years, basically. It's going to be horrendous. (laughs) Different challenges. It's going to be horrendous. (laughs) The way that your growth is going. (laughs) Yeah, if you're not ready for challenges and and tough days, and nine out of ten days being an entrepreneur are bad. Nine out of ten. But that one day is better than everyone else's. 10 average days so I'm in the game for that one day yeah yeah that's that's a really interesting backstory I think you've you kind of touched on already question one but um did you know before starting in digital marketing marketing that this was or was it the the guy that said you know you need to go in sales or marketing did you know was this the market that you'd already knew that you were going to get into had you tried other ventures or this was it I, I thought I would end up um being a car salesman or an estate agent because I had various skill sets. My skill sets are negotiating and sales. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought I would end up in that area and uh, I, the, this industry picked me. Um, it was done poorly before, it was done very clunky before and I felt that I could do it better than everyone else and I felt I was good at it, mm-hmm. I understood it. Mm-hmm. Sales was a helpful skill to have. Um, so I came in with, it picked me mm-hmm. and, wow. and I, I don't know how to say this other than like when you find the right girlfriend or boyfriend or partner in life, when you find the right business, the right job, it, you, you get a, fi- a certain yeah. feeling. This like, feels right. This feels good. And uh-huh. Like I was saying to you before, when we're setting up, I don't take many holidays in that, but it's because I don't feel like I'm working mm. and I've never, for every other job I had until this one, it felt horrendous. Mm. I hated it. And now <laughs> I don't. So, I don't know. Strange answer, but a truthful one. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, that's a brilliant answer in my mind. Um, so, question number two then is um, someone that's got a traditional bricks and mortar business, uh, but they're just, that could be that they've had that 5, 10, 20, 50 years, but... Um, would you say that they definitely 100% need a digital presence, an online presence? And what tips, if they're just starting out, what tips would you give a business mm-hmm. that, that needs an online presence? Well, firstly, doesn't matter what your business is, whether you're a masseuse in the high street with one shop, or you're a chain of hairdressers, or you have a physical product or a B2B business uh, in a high-rise building, you need a digital presence. There is no business I've ever seen or any entrepreneur I've ever met that doesn't need a digital presence. That's not to say people don't have them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Up until two years ago, 60% of businesses in this country didn't have a website. Wow. That's unbelievable. Um, That is unbelievable. Uh, My first tip is exactly that. It would be for any business, small, medium or large, to invest more in their website. Your website is your brochure about your business. Right. And if you think people aren't checking that before they're coming to you, you've got rocks in your head. Investing in a nice looking website will sell you more of yourself than you could do with anything else. Uh, and start with social media now. Small businesses are not placing enough importance of where social media yep. video is going in the future. And just having an account, one to three accounts and posting something on there is better than not having it. And um, that would be my biggest tips is 
you know, I sit with people at whether it's dinner parties or down the pub or meet friends through friends and they say, oh, you know, I don't need a website and all of that. We're family run business. We've been going 45 years. Well, if you want to run another 45, you need to start doing this stuff. Now we're seeing the likes of all these old high street retailers like House of Fraser, uh, all of these great old businesses go up, go down the pan at the moment. Why are all of a sudden these 100 year old businesses going down the pan? It's because the, we've always done it this way and yep. stopped working. Yeah, they've lost touch with uh, the modern you know, uh, world as, of marketing. As soon as you lose touch with the modern world of marketing, you, you start sliding backwards. And, mm -hmm. and there's new things, there's new challenger banks, there's new challenger supermarkets, there's new ch challenger clothing companies mm -hmm. that are killing these old businesses. Mm -hmm because people won't always buy from you because they've always bought from you. No, exactly. Um, and, and that's the biggest mistake that people can make. That is incredible, yeah. Um, question number three, a fun one. What's the most annoying trait of you that your team, if, if we had them in here now, yeah. what is, what's really annoying about Mark? That, that <laughs> they, what would they say? Really? They would give you a long list. Really? <laughs> they will give you a long list. Um, as I said to them yesterday, I'm not your friend. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to be uh, successful. Uh, I'm here to make sure everyone I meet and touch becomes successful. My goal and my goal for myself is for everyone I meet and to come into contact with to teach them something and for them to become more successful from meeting me. That's right. my purpose, mm -hmm. even from meeting you and doing this interview. I want to help you with something and mm -hmm. make sure that you're more successful, that your podcast more successful. Awesome. If they, my bad traits is I'm a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. Everything I do has to be perfect, which is not always possible. And when I say that to the staff, it's the little things, the time they turn up how they present themselves, how they present their workspace, how they present their work, how they follow up, how everything, that, success is in the details, and I'm a details person, but their frustration with me is my investigation into their details, and what they think is complete, I never do. And uh, I'd say if you ask them why, you know, what what's frustrates you about Mark, they'll say, well, yesterday he said that, you know, uh, the shoes I had on weren't the right shoes for the meeting we were in, or the follow-up notes had a spelling mistake on the 16th line, or whatever it might be, it'll be something so small to them that I've made a really big deal about, but it's in for them to make sure that when they leave my tutelage, and mm -hmm. I hope everyone that works for me works for me forever, but it's not always the case. I don't want people to leave and say, he was a nice bloke. I want people to say, respect me, and feel like, wow, that guy changed my life because moved the needle on what they've learned. Exactly. Yeah. The habits I've now got as an individual has made me go so far in my career. Um, I don't want more friends. I want to help people, and uh, they're two very different things, and that creates frustration. <laughs> and you know, if if they're learning and growing themselves, then everybody's in the same mindset. The team's going to grow together exactly. rather than people holding other ones back. So well, this is great it. ethos. You can only go as fast as your slowest ship. Yeah. And uh, we're only as good as our weakest person out mm -hmm. here. So my job is to identify weakness and work at coaching that weakness out. And um, uh, the reason a lot of businesses fail and a lot of entrepreneurs fail is they're uncomfortable having uncomfortable conversations. And the first thing you need to get really comfortable with is just telling people you're really bad at that. 
So you either need to learn to get better at it, or we do you, we put you on something else. Yep. And honestly, there's there's no there's nothing nothing so hurtful as the truth. Right. And and some people I'm telling them things, and you can tell they're like, and the world we live in today where you can't say anything yep. because it offends everyone. Got to be PC. At school, everyone's got now a first for coming wherever in the race, <laughs> and then they've gone to university, and you you don't have to get up till three o'clock in the afternoon. Then you come to me. And I say F words, I say swear words, I say you can't wear that, that's not appropriate, that's terrible, this needs improvement, let's work with you. They're like, wow, this is unbelievable. <laughs> I've never been spoken to like this. And it's not to say it's bullying or inappropriate, but I'm trying to get the best out of this individual. And unfortunately, in the real world, and particularly in business, you don't get a prize if you're not first. Um, so we're, we're pushing true. people harder than ever. Yeah. Um, but let me tell you, it creates some frustration and I've unfortunately had more people unsuccessful from my mentoring than successful. And this is one of my biggest bugbears is um, some of my most successful mentees, Mike Bush is one of my guys that I've really worked with, he's so successful, mm -hmm. he's become wealthy beyond belief. Uh, successful beyond belief. He owns some businesses with me now. He's one of the directors of Climb Online. Which wow. Works. He's done unbelievable. Mm -hmm. But for every one Mike Bush, mm -hmm. there's nine people that haven't made it. And yeah. that's because to become a Mike Bush, it's a tough road. Yeah. And to be here on this podcast with you as a Mark Wright, it's a lot harder to give up. It's a lot mm -hmm. easy to give up. Yeah. It's a lot harder to listen to the advice and to do the work. Mm. And um, so I've broken a lot more than I've got to the championship. But unfortunately, I think that's the road to success. Yeah, absolutely. 99% uh, don't make it and I'm after that 1%. It's a narrowing pyramid to the top, isn't it? Yeah. In any business, be that, you know, a, a multinational corporation or whether it's a one-man band, you know, if you bring people into that business, then you've all got to climb together. Otherwise, it's very lonely at the top, but, you know, there's very few successful well, this people. Is it. And, and I'm going through stuff like avocados at the supermarket, just <laughs> looking, for the, looking for the good ones, because uh, unfortunately, the, the plateau to survival now is so low that for people to survive, is you've got to do the bare shit. I yeah. don't want those individuals. I'm looking for people who want to be the best. Yeah. And, um, and my only biggest regret so far is I want to find more people I can help mm. make great. Mm -hmm. Wow. Awesome. Love, <laughs> love that. Not very PC, Mark, but, you know... Yeah. Well, listen, again, it, it's, it's the truth. Yeah, and yeah. I could say to you, listen, let's be friends. Yeah. It's all about the journey. <laughs> I don't believe that shit yeah. that I'm even saying out of my own mouth. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay, next question then. Um, what do you think that your business, Climb Online, needs to do to evolve in the next five years? We're going to talk each year for the next five years. What do you think is going to change? Is it AI? Is it all of that kind of stuff that's going to evolve your cool. business? Wow. Well, the last two years have been insane in terms of um, development. Uh, the next two years uh, is going to be, as you rightly said, is, is AI and machine learning, um, that sort of... I do worry the world is changing so quick. I'm, will I be able to run this business with bloody three staff in a couple of years? Who knows? For me, it's going to be um, a lot of content, a lot of focus on content, creation of content. We used to talk about blogs, mm -hmm. we used to talk about infographics, we used to talk about quizzes. I haven't heard those three things since I just mentioned it then for the last two years. Yeah. All we're talking about now is video content. Yeah. 
video, video, mm. video, video mm. content, having subtitles on videos, creating yep. videos, how-tos, um, everything is going to be done on video. We're seeing the rise of social media platforms like TikTok. Mm -hmm. YouTube is scaling at a rate that's unbelievable. Yep. It may eventually overtake search. Mm. Um, people and particularly young kids want to learn and engage with video. Mm. So we're heading towards a world where my business is going to be more about instead of managing uh, ad accounts, more about the creation of what goes on the ad account. Right. Um, so that's the biggest shift that I see coming quickly. And then once we create the asset, the offering, the advertising that goes onto the platform, and I think that creation is going to be all about video mm -hmm. uh, until we go into augmented reality and all of that sort of stuff. But we're going video onto the platform and that platform management at the moment, there's a lot of third-party tools and stuff managing those platforms. Right. You've got tools that plug into tools and people running the tools. We're going to see machine learning and automation take away definitely the third-party tools. Right. So it'll be us to the platform like Google. So there's going to be a lot of spin-off businesses that go out of the, the game. I'll give you an example. This is getting a bit technical for people who aren't in our space. Mm -hmm. Google have last week launched, um, they've just launched a new um, update for the shopping feeds on Google where businesses, you used to have to be a business with multiple products right. and you had to, to get the best use out of it, use a third party shopping feed tool um, that uploads all the products via separate feeds to, to Google. As of yesterday, you can now upload one product. You can be a business of one product or a person with just one product and do it yourself directly to Google. Wow. That has overnight killed every feed provider that is a third party to Google. They now don't have a business. And those tools are defunct. They're those not needed. Those tools are gone. Mm -hmm. And so immediately I sent an email yesterday to my um, head of paid search, cancel all our tool providers because I'm paying that on a lot of cases on behalf of our clients. It's costing me 60 to 70 pound uh, in some times more per client, per feed, whatever. I've just immediately saved that cost. Yep. Um, great, I save a cost, but someone's business has just gone down yeah. the pan yesterday. So it's about being ready um, for the future. And will um, the machines then be able to do what my human beings are doing in terms of the optimizations? I'd say probably yes. Mm. So it's finding different roles for people. It's making sure that we aren't one of the businesses that gets hit by... Uh, one of the direct, you know, upload it yourself yeah. uh, changes. And that's why creating content, doing strategy, doing training, doing coaching, mm -hmm. the human to human stuff is mm -hmm. so important. It's interesting what you said about the growth of um, YouTube as well. And uh, there's a story where somebody's kid said uh, recently, you know, YouTube is the telly though, isn't it? It is the TV. I think it is. Yeah. If you talk to a kid about TV, I'd be very surprised if they can go through the channels of traditional um, cable network TV. They, the internet for them and TV is one, one sort of intertwined thing. And Netflix, Amazon, uh, YouTube, they've stitched the market up. What happens next from there is so exciting. Mm. Uh, it, it, it's unbelievable. Mm. I think things like Sky, um, BBC and all this, it, it's, it's kind of seen its day because they're not going to produce the quality of TV uh, and shows that are going to stand the test of time, yep. that the budgets that Netflix can produce. Mm -hmm. They're going to become more news network and this, this sort of stuff. And we're already seeing they're changing the, the, 
subscription stuff and the license fee. And yeah. It's going to be a crazy time. The internet has been, we've seen in our life, the biggest developments, I think, oh, in yeah. human history since yeah, 10 or 15 years. Deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, TV, color TV was a ridiculous invention, mm-hmm. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But then, since then, uh, we must, aliens must have come. There, there must be, <laughs> how can we have invented, in, in, in the space of 50 years, the internet, telephones, mm. like oh, when, you, when you're driving in your car next, I mean, I mean I'm going off piece a little bit, but when you're driving in your car next, speaking on the phone on hands free, just think about you're in a car going 70 miles that way, someone's in their car going 70 miles somewhere else, and you're speaking clear as a bell mm. in real time to yeah. someone. How is that possible? Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're living in the future right now. If and the amount of computers that are under the bonnet of those of cars, those cars as well. And, and, and you've yeah. got the GPS running, Doing everything. radio and this, mm-hmm. that and the other. And I always think if someone could come back from the 30s or 40s or 50s and sit in the car with you and you, they'd say, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm driving and I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Michael. Texting, you can I'm text. also texting yeah. and WhatsApping. We're mm-hmm. watching YouTube, but the GPS is doing this. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, God damn, this is the future. But we, because it happens kind of like a bit gradually, gradually. Mm. we don't notice how significant the last period has been. But we're, we're almost robots ourselves. If you watch people on the tube, they're constantly just like this. Yeah. And you don't, when you go to the pub and you're having a conversation, you know everything now. Oh, when was the last instant. time Arsenal won that thing? 1988 or whatever mm. and yeah. it's like everything is so instant yeah. uh, we're like cyborgs now it's oh, it's, this is fascinating Mark we could go on forever know, on this <laughs> absolutely fine um, so you must have uh, you won The Apprentice you must have learnt so much from Sir Alan Sugar are there any kind of golden nuggets that you can share with us that he's taught or given you in business because he's a very successful man so oh, there's no doubt about um his success is, is huge. To come from a, a, a council estate in Hackney to where he is now is, is incredible. Um, I would say, as a leader, our job is to inspire the people we touch. The thing I've learned for him more than any other thing is his work ethic is sickening. Mm. It is sickening how hard he works. And I think he's got, was instilled from a young boy till now that you get up and you work hard until you go to bed and he's still doing that now. Mm. And that, why that's been a great lesson, it sounds so obvious, mm. but when you see it in real life, it rubs off on you, it's inspiring yep. because you're next to him and you're seeing what it really takes to be successful. He has a toughness to him which is unbelievable, mm. very tough, very to the point, very matter of fact, but the work ethic is... Um, mm pretty admirable wow incredible guy to hang out with huh yeah. <laughs> um another fun question what do you do to switch off do you go on holiday well you've already said that you don't go on holidays do you kind of run do you do exercise do you travel what do yeah, you do I, I listen um of course i go on holidays but not as regularly as as most um what do i do to switch off uh, it, it's never a mat when you own a business uh, and you're an entrepreneur, unfortunately, there's no switch that turns off. Uh, any business owner will tell you you're laying in bed at night and you should be able to just be thinking about nothing or thinking about what you're going to have for dinner or uh, 
what you're going to do on the weekend. You don't. You're thinking, God, have we got enough money for that? What if that account doesn't come in? What if this doesn't work? What if that person doesn't come and work for us? Your mind is always working on the what ifs yeah. scenarios, and you're always working to a certain extent. Um, but for me, my biggest things to switch off is going back to Australia and spending time with my family. Nice. I love spending time in the gym. I'd love to spend more time in the gym, but again, time restricts uh, me a little bit. Going for long runs, spending time in the spa or the sauna is just time yeah. where, you know, it just releases that, just like almost like meditation, just time for yourself. Even to be with your own thoughts is nice. Um, but, you know, like I said, I don't feel like I'm working very much. That's good. It's a good position to be in. Um, so you've got a lot of clients. Is there anything that any of them do that really hacks you off? Or do you choose your clients based on the fit for your business, the fit for their business? Because in business, there's going to be some tensions, but you don't have to mention any names, but do any of your clients really piss you off? Of course. Of course, some of our clients um, have over the time pissed us off, and I'm sure I've pissed them off and vice versa. The thing that pisses me off most and it's not about my clients, it's about businesses that I go in and see, is how small they think. Um, Going in and challenging them and saying, you need to do this, and they say, no, uh, we're going to do it this way because we've always done it this way, you know, coming back to this stuff. and They'll get swallowed up. They'll get swallowed. And what upsets me, the thing is, I want to help them so much. And the thing that pisses me off, and, and I love all my clients, and I, I, I really do, and I want to help them. I want to help people. And when I'm telling you, you need to do this, a lot of the times they mistake it as, oh, I'm running a business and I'm trying to sell you deals. Of course I have a business to run, but also I love this stuff. I'm a, an expert, mm. and I'm the best. And I can see almost like you're the Titanic and here's the iceberg, and all I want to do is turn the boat this way and make sure you're on the right thing. And when I can't get through to business owners, and business owners are the worst, because that some get very stuck in their way, mm-hmm. and if a business owner has seen success somewhere on the path earlier, they don't listen very well. <laughs> so mm-hmm. getting them onto a new track when they've always done something and they've seen success in the past, it's really challenging. And I guess if you're building a long-term relationship with them, you want to do business over a period of time. You're okay. not going to just make a quick buck yeah. in, in the next six months. You're not going to sell them something exactly. that's, that's going to make them fail or reduce their uh, impact. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a long-term thing, surely. Exactly. But the problem we've got is a lot of digital marketing agencies outside of mine are a bit, some are a bit dodgy. Yeah. So you've had people who have been burnt in the past. So to a lot of the extent, I can understand some of the pessimism from the customers that uh, is there, mm. but at the same time, I need you need trust from people to get the most out of their campaigns. But uh, look, I love ninety nine percent of the people I've worked with. That's a good position to be in. Um, organic traffic, paid traffic. How important is organic over paid? Obviously, paid is probably way more targeted and effective. But you mentioned about SEO and and your own uh, or company websites that people really need to focus on them as well so how how would you position somebody's business in, in that organic um, space as well as the paid okay both so equally important i need to break it into two different sections uh search yeah seo and pay-per-click 
are equally important. Okay. And this is my opinion to my mind, SEO and PPC on search are equally important. On social, organic was important, it is now died, paid is the most important on social. Uh, people like Facebook have really flipped the algorithms against us whereby you used to be able to put great content out and you'd get followers and likes and shares and comments. But now if you're not boosting it and paying mm. to get it promoted more, right. it doesn't have the same reach that mm. it used to. So if I was starting up a new business today, my approach would be having a good website right. and SEOing it really well for Google because any SEO rankings you can get on Google are going to be helpful. Having a small amount of PPC budget and on a social having a paid budget and not spending so much time doing organic posts. Right. Um, that would be my 2020 strategy. Wow, interesting. Controversial maybe to a lot of marketers that oh, are out there, but um, yeah. I only go with what I'm seeing. Uh, and this is new, that, you know, uh, but the results don't lie. The results don't lie. Wow, that's incredible. Um, social media is obviously key. We mentioned that right at the start. Um, I'm just reading the question now. So, uh, I think we've covered it, but um, right. So it's key for most businesses, if not all. You said that it's key for all businesses. Yeah. I think right. Okay. Um, so traditional businesses that bricks and mortar can't get away with not using it. In your no, opinion, you've got to have it. it. It is. Think of having social media now as like having a telephone. If you didn't have it when when before the telephone existed, and then they came out, I'm sure there was businesses like. We don't need a telephone. Our customers have always walked in the shop and then everyone got one. They're like, oh shit, we better get a telephone. Uh, this was the same with when the car came out. Everyone had a fucking horse and carriage. and then <laughs> Don't need a car. Yeah, and I don't, I've always had this horse and this carriage. I don't need a car. Then eventually everyone got cars. Trust me when I tell you, social media is like that. You, uh, There's so many people that have held out and held out. Oh, it's just for friends. It's just for looking at your ex-girlfriend. Whatever, whatever, whatever. You need social media. So just get it. And so there aren't any business cases where you think it's not going to work for that business? <coughs> I can't think of any. I can't think. Maybe if you're a hitman or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, good point. Uh, if you want to stay off the radar. <laughs> but if you want people to find your business and you want new customers, and people are going to shop you before they come in. So if you haven't got a social media account, you haven't got client testimonials, you haven't got reviews, they're probably going to pick your competitor who does. Yeah. So, I mean... You won't be seen. You've got to be seen. Yeah, you won't be, be seen. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I can't think of anyone who doesn't yeah. need something. Unless it's an illegal business. Unless then, you're yeah. running off the... You know, unless you wanted to stay under the radar because mm. you're a drug dealer or something, mm -hmm. I guess, then, yeah. <laughs> that's good good point. Um, okay, so the next one is, you've got currently three offices. We touched on this yes. when I first arrived. And, um, and I thought, wow, this is going places. Manchester, Bristol, London. Um, but controversially, you're closing the others to focus on hubs. So explain that then, because yeah, I, are, are you going? Are you going completely international, or are you going to focus on UK, or what, what's the um, the model that you're looking to, We're looking to, to go change to? Right. So, uh, and as I was saying to you, it, it's not a it's a positive that we're um, closing those offices to to come into London. We we made a what I think a very intelligent decision. We expanded uh, uh, locally, um, well, when I say locally in the UK, we yep. opened a Bristol office, we opened a very big office in Manchester. Both did tremendously well. 
uh, sales, staff, everything, uh, in particularly Manchester, the quality of employees we were getting up there was unbelievable, mm. um, is unbelievable. But what we realized is, again, you talk about, we spoke about AI, we spoke about technology, Zoom calls, yeah. Skype calls are now better than ever. Mm. You speak on a Zoom call, it's like being here. And we're finding a lot of customers don't want to meet face-to-face. Yesterday I was booked out, I had I think nearly seven meetings. Five of them were on Zoom. That's unbelievable. That's and they don't have to be one-to-one, they can be different countries with 20 people, people Dallas, 50 people. Here, there, and it feels like they're in the room mm. with us. And um, we noticed our amount, uh, the amount of meetings we were sitting in person in the regional office was falling and falling and falling. Our rental head, overhead is going up and up and up. We're paying for uh, rates, business rates. We're paying tax. We're paying uh, all of this stuff. And we said, well, hang on a minute. The meetings are going down. The re- re- rents and rates are going up. What happens if we just bring all the staff to one hub and pay one big rent and rates and overhead but save on the managers going out on transport and all of this um, stuff. Uh, we can manage and train better if everyone's under one roof. Uh, and we save on the rental overhead, mm-hmm. so the costs go down. Our customer base saves us up and stays the same, so our profits go up. And guess what happened? That's exactly what happened. So uh, our market research has concluded that the way to run a service-based business where uh, currently is by having one big hub per country um, so we're going to look at having a, a London, New York, Sydney style uh, model rather than a Manchester, Bristol, London, Milton Keynes, mm. deal, 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 deal. Yeah. Because the way that the transport system works is I can be in Milton Keynes in 30 minutes, have a meeting, but I'll probably do it on Zoom. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. Okay. We are finished. Is thank you, well, thank amazing. you so much. There's so, I could sit here and listen and talk for hours because it is um, a passion for me as well and it's so interesting. But um, I'm really looking forward to seeing the expansion of your company and you know the, the previous five years have been incredible. I'm really excited for the next five years for you more than, more than anything because I think, I think you're going places even further than probably you can imagine now, probably. But um, really excited for that and looking forward to the five years ahead. But how can people reach you? What's the best way that people can find you online? Uh, well, I'm very easy reachable. Uh, if you just go to uh, online, that's all you need to do, and that will bring you to me. Or you just type in Mark Wright on any social media platform. Now, there's two Mark Wrights which are very famous. Yep. I'm always the second. The other guy went on a very <laughs> popular TV show called The Only Way is Essex. He comes up number one. But if you just type in my name, Mark right. Wright, you'll see me normally number uh, one or two on most social media platforms with a blue tick. Uh, it'll say Apprentice Winner, Forbes 30 Under 30. Um, and that's, that's basically it. But if you type in Climb Online or Mark Wright on any platform, you'll find me. Awesome. Thank, Thank you very you much, Mark. I appreciate it. it. Thank you. I really hope that's recorded. (laughs) Can you imagine? That was excellent. 38 minutes. That's good. We said 40 minutes before we started. That That is impressive. Really excellent. Let's just double check. That is brilliant. Thank you. Will you be able to send the footage over to us? Yeah. 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 I can send you um, uh, audio and video. That would be great. And, um, if you could yeah, package it up and send it over. What I'm doing as well, um, I, if it's interesting to people, I might sell it as like an e-book or something as well, if I can get it into text format with links to the presentations and Perfect. things as well. So, um, Please say we've got sound. What the fuck?
No sound. Why did that not work? Unless it's recorded on there. Well, this is separate, but it has recorded on here. I just have to make sure it goes... Uh, Check that. That would be shit. It doesn't box it up, so 